This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. Hi, everyone. Welcome into a special edition of the Black and Blue Report, an NBA Draft Lottery edition. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside Jim Eichenhofer. I know we're on hiatus right now, but you couldn't keep us away that long as we're here to preview the NBA Draft Lottery, which is tomorrow night, 7.30 Central on ESPN. We'll go over the Pelican scenario, what could happen tomorrow night from their stance. We can also talk about some other teams that the lottery is very important to, I think it's important for everyone, but there are certain teams that will definitely keep an eye on what happens tomorrow night. And then we'll also just get into the discussion of the lottery, whether we like it, whether we don't like it, what needs to change, and things like that. First of all, Jim Eichenhofer, good to see you. Hope your offseason is going well, my friend. It's going really well. I hope uh, you're doing doing well. As also, uh, it's been a, a few weeks since we played a game, but um, looking forward to the lottery tomorrow night. It's always uh, when you don't make the playoffs, it's always a huge night of the offseason. Yeah, I wish uh, we were playing right now and getting ready for a game, but nonetheless, uh, hopefully uh, sooner than rather than later that we'll be doing that. But uh, what have you thought about the playoffs so far? It's been – some people have said, eh, it's been all right. Um, there's been some good things. I saw the Warriors-Spurs game, though, was top-notch yesterday. It was. It was a It was a great game. It was really interesting. Um, overall, the playoffs, there's no way you could dispute the fact that there's been too many – one-sided game so far there's been a lot of 20 point plus margins at the end of games um so that's been disappointing i think the second round was probably one of the least interesting second rounds we've seen in a long time first round was okay it it still wasn't you know stellar i wouldn't say there wasn't a lot of you know compelling or memorable stuff happening but uh the third round conference finals is definitely off to a really good start with game one of that spurs warriors series where the Spurs were up 25 and lost a game with that big of a lead for the first time in the 20-something years of yeah. the Popovich era. And then tonight, if you're listening to this on Monday, is Game 7 between the Boston Celtics and the Washington Wizards. I think the Cavaliers seems like they've had the last month off to yeah. get ready for this, um, but they'll finally have an opponent after tonight's game. Let's talk about this NBA Draft Lottery, which again is tomorrow night. If you're listening to this on Monday, it's today, if you are tuning into this on Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Central on ESPN. It's leading up to Game 2 of Spurs and Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. And the Pelicans, it's a little interesting for them. They have a 1.1% chance of getting the number one pick, 4.1% chance of making it into the top three. And top three is where the Pelicans need to be, Jim, as uh, the, the pick will go to Sacramento, if so. So a big night for the Pelicans tomorrow night. It really is. I mean, you're looking at two completely opposite ends of the spectrum where if you get a, a extremely fortunate break, you're able to pick in the top three in a year where really everyone has been praising this draft class and saying that there's a lot of impact guys. So you'd be able to add guaranteed one of those you know, top three players. It seems like people, the consensus, I'm no draft, draft expert, but based on what people have said, it seems like five or six Top guys are going to be, you know, maybe franchise players, that kind of um, impact. So, And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you don't keep your pick or you don't pick in the top three, you, you're you not going to have a first-round pick at all, and then you have to wait until 40th overall pick, which is 
10 into the second round before you can pick on draft night. I guess on the bright side, if you're looking at it from that, obviously the pick will be going to Sacramento if it's not in the top three because of the Marcus Cousins trade is basically you're using this year's pick on DeMarcus Cousins. Is that fair to say? Exactly, exactly. And the the, the one thing, like, there, I'm sure there would be no complaints about this if the Pelicans do keep their pick, but it would carry over to next year where if they do keep their pick this year, if they pick in the top three, then this a similar scenario would happen in 2018, except it's top one protected. So um, if you do keep it this year, next year you you almost definitely will will lose it. So that's another thing to another part of this uh, equation right now. There's a lot of things that can happen tomorrow night for other teams besides the Pelicans, and we mentioned the Sacramento Kings. They're one of maybe a few teams, Jim, that I would say have a lot riding on these ping pong balls tomorrow night. Yeah, I think there's a there's a couple teams, um, I, the teams that I would pinpoint the most. I think the Lakers might be the team that this is the most consequential night for them because they're in a similar situation to the Pelicans where they you know, either pick in the top three or they lose their pick, but it's more um, momentous for them because they have drafted high the last few years and they really need that franchise player, that guy that they can kind of, um, you know be the foundation, the guy that they can center everything around. Pelicans already have that with two guys that are perennial all-stars. So um, the Lakers are – this is a huge night. It's hard to overstate how important it is for them because if they don't pick at all, that would be a massive setback for them as they try to move forward. And I I think they've made small progress, but not nearly the the type of progress that they would have hoped for when you've picked as high as they have the last few years. Um, the Sixers are another team where this could be a, a big night because they have the chance to take the Lakers pick um, if the Lakers drop out of the top three. So, And they have their own pick, which would be, you know, they're going into the lottery in the fourth slot. So they have a chance to have two really high picks as well. They Best case scenario, they could have the one the one and the four pick after the, the lottery's over. So, And then Sacramento that you mentioned, um, I think it's a huge night for them as well because – they they're kind of starting from scratch after the trade they they're they have some young guys but they they really need to to you know add another huge piece to what they're trying to build there so philadelphia could potentially have a few top four picks am i correct yeah saying that they just because of the pick swap with sacramento so if sacramento ends up getting into the top three by their own pick not new orleans's pick then that pick will go to the Philadelphia 76ers, obviously, because they would swap right um, with them. So this could be very big for Sacramento from the sense that they could lose that pick. But for Philly, the chance to get two top four picks and also land another pick if the Lakers go outside the top three. And, I mean, don't forget, too, that they have their own pick as yeah. well, that they're going into the lottery with that fourth in that fourth slot. So, um, I mean, that's you, you got to think if you're in their shoes that – you're you're licking your chops and thinking there's there's a bunch of different scenarios that could yield a, a really um, big haul during the lottery tomorrow night. Does that mean they could have three of the top four, just from their between their pick, Sacramento's pick, and the Lakers pick? Because obviously, if someone else jumps into the the top three, would if the Lakers jump out, that means they'll get the number four pick, so they won't right. be in the top three. Right. But if their own pick lands in there, mm-hmm. plus if Sacramento lands in there, they'll pick swap. I don't think they can have three. Oh, no, because, because they'll swap they, the they, pick. They're swapping if, the pick. Right. They wouldn't – if they finish higher than Sacramento or right. better than Sacramento – They're just it, swapping picks. They, it's not they, a loser. Well, they wouldn't, they wouldn't need to swap. Right. Because That's true. they would be higher than them as it gotcha. is. So. so confusing. But the, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I think I'm confusing it more than anyone else. But It was easier to write the preview article for 
pelicans.com and some of these other sites, I'm sure, than it was for the 76ers. Yeah, also, .com. absolutely. But also for Sacramento, too, if their pick goes out of the top 10, Chicago gets it. Right. Fortunately for them, that is a there's a microscopic chance right. of that happening because three teams would have to jump, three teams from behind Sacramento at eight would have to jump them, and which would push Sacramento down to 11, and they would lose the pick. So if New Orleans jumped into the top three and Sacramento jumped out of the top 10, not a good draft night for not no. a good lottery night for Sacramento. That would definitely be what you would call disastrous from Sacramento's standpoint. Absolutely. So, so lots of scenarios here um, that we kind of gone over. There are some second round scenarios, but we're really not going to go into those. But you also have Portland that has, I believe, three top uh, three first round picks this year. Yeah, yeah. There's is, a there's a couple teams that have have multiple picks in the twenties. So, um, yeah, they're one of them from yeah. the from that trade that they did with Denver. So that'll be interesting to see how they use those. And how about Boston? If they uh, if they win tonight, if you're listening to this on Monday, they could be wor- getting ready for the Eastern Conference Finals and getting ready for potentially number one pick because they have Brooklyn's pick unprotected. So wherever Brooklyn goes, which they right now have the best percentage of having the number one pick, the Celtics could be playing in the Conference Finals and getting ready for the NBA draft. How crazy is that? that that's unbelievable. I think if you're Danny Ainge, you you uh, you sidle up to your boss and say. Say hey, uh, you know that raise I was I yeah. was wondering about. <laughs> we're playing in the Eastern Conference Finals, and we're we we just won the draft lottery potentially. So yeah, that's that's pretty. You can't draw it up any better than that. That's Are for we sure. finally getting done with Brooklyn owing Boston picks? Is, is this is finally the last draw? Because it no, seems like that I, trade was a long time ago. I think they still. I think they still. Uh, I think there might be still one more year. I think Next this year, year, this year I think Boston has the pick outright. Next mm-hmm. year I think. They still have the opportunity to to um, swap, swap with them, so because you can't outright trade picks in consecutive right. first round picks in consecutive years. So yeah, I believe I'm ninety percent sure that they still have they're still part of that trade coming next year. And unless Brooklyn has a crazy free agency, Boston might be looking good for next year too. Right, pick swap. Sure, yeah, that's yeah, it's going to be tough for Brooklyn to move out of the bottom tier of the NBA by next season that's right. almost impossible so Danny Ainge is sitting pretty right now for the Boston Celtics so he'll have an eye on that tomorrow night as well so let's talk about the lottery uh in general because there's been a lot of discussion probably even since the lottery took place you know a lot of it is to avoid the tanking or losing the get a pick uh, I believe the first did it happen with the Patrick Ewing that caused uh the lottery to happen there's a lot of different crazy yeah. conspiracy theories about that year I think one of the things that – I think it was really, if you read up on it and you look at the history of it, it was really the years before that because for a while they had a coin flip and the team that had the worst record in the East and the team that had the worst record in the West, they would do like a coin flip mm-hmm. to see whoever got the first pick. But because you had – I think because you had both conferences, teams quote-unquote vying for the worst record, yeah. it almost made it worse to where the to the point where – you knew that I think you were guaranteed that you were going to have the first or second pick, which yeah. people would be happy with. But I think eventually they got rid of that because they they saw the problems that were involved in that, and they came up with the lottery. And I, the original the original um, uh, procedure that they had or or format where they took the seven teams that weren't that didn't make the playoffs and they all had an equal chance to get the number one pick. To me, that was a great format and it was fair and everything. But I think the problem was. There were so many teams that were that just missed making the playoffs that started winning the lottery. That everyone complained, right. and just like it is with a lot of things in life, people people complain and and 
carp about stuff so long to the point where eventually you change it and make it worse. And to me, that's kind of what happened with going back with to the history of the lottery is that um, they probably had the best system in place at the beginning, but they kept tweaking it and tweaking it to make it more quote unquote fair. And then you end up with the system the way it is now where you still have people complaining about it and still don't like it. So what are your thoughts? Do you, do you think it's fair the way they're doing it right now, or is there room for more tweaking? I think it's fair, but t- to some extent. But I also think that um, some of this is a media-generated thing. But to me, I'm just I'm so so worn out by the whole discussion about tanking, and I'm so so worn out by the idea that in in a lot of cases, people the media says that it's better to lose than to win, and I'm and I'm I I, I wish we were in a place where there's so many times when people say that, for example, that a 25 win season is better than a 35 win season. And it's because people say like, you don't want to be in the middle of the NBA. You don't want to be stuck at 38 wins Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, So that part of it to me is, is bothersome. And it, it seems like it gets worse and worse in terms of the more media attention, the more coverage of the NBA, the more you hear about it every year. So that that's the part of it that that I wish was was um not part of the equation I guess. Do you feel like tanking has gotten worse in the last few years whether it's because of the media or just because teams are just, you know, trying to I guess address and basically tell their fans that hey, we're going to rebuild for a few years, but we're going mm-hmm. there's going to be some losing, but hey, we're going to draft have some great draft picks in 3 or 4 years. Do you think it's gotten worse? even with the lottery system in place, or do you think it's basically been the same throughout? I don't think it's gotten worse. The actual, you know, whatever, quote-unquote, tanking, I don't think teams are really trying to lose games. But the one thing that I do think has increased is that because the mentality of the media and fans has changed so much to the point where um, losing isn't a bad thing, that I think one of the big differences I've seen in the last maybe five or ten years is the accountability for for winning and losing is is decreasing, and I think that's a bad thing. You you have teams that basically are saying like Philadelphia, perfect example. Mm-hmm. I know we've criticized them and right. and I've gone off on them in in the recent past, but when they're at a point where they say if if you have a bunch of teams in the NBA that say we don't need to win, you're you're eliminating your accountability. Mm-hmm. You you don't have to answer for anything, and that that bothers me when. Um, there's teams out there that are saying like, well, you know, if we don't win, it's not the end of the world. That should never be the way it is in pro sports. It should always be a situation where you have to, you have to win. And the, the most, the priority is always winning. So I think to answer your question, that's where, that's to me where it's changed the most is that you have a lot of, you have more GMs than ever who are basically, um, excusing themselves from the accountability of trying to win by saying, well, you know, we're not going to win this year. We're probably not going to win next year. Even two or three years from now, we're not going to win. But stick with us because we have a plan. But the problem is is that if you keep – and the Sixers have done this. They keep punting on the future. And I hear people – they've had four years where they've been one of the worst teams in the league. They got a little better this year results-wise. But I, you still talk to people today and you say like – you know, I've talked to people recently who've said, and I don't necessarily disagree with this, but people say, you know, hey, they're it's coming together. They got a nice, they got a good core, which they do if some of these guys can stay healthy. But I, I also say to them, okay, so 
when is your time frame for when they need to make the playoffs? Right. And they say, well, like two or three years, maybe, you know, maybe two years from now, three years, I'm like three years from now is seven years into a rebuilding plan. Right. And to me, that is in a nutshell, there's way more to it than just that. But that's how I would best describe the problem with the mentality that you don't have to be accountable and that you don't have to win now that you can just keep pushing it into some um, undetermined date in the future. If you have a bunch of teams, if you have multiple teams in the NBA that have that mentality, the product is going to be way worse. And I think you're going to see, you'll see the effects of that. Yeah. It's bad enough to have one team in the league that did what the Sixers have done in the, over the last few years. But if you had six, eight, ten teams doing that, I think you'd have a lot of people being like, why am I even watching this? Right. What so. about the teams, though, that are kind of not top three or four worst teams? Because obviously their chances of getting the number one pick are higher than 12, 13, 14. Sure. But is there any, you know, some people say, i rather, if they're close to the playoffs, let's say they're, you know, in that chase come March and April, they're three or four back, and people are like, oh, we just rather miss the playoffs just for the lottery pick. Is that even worth it here in the NBA because you have a 0. .5, 0.6% chance that are, are people still rooting for the fact that, oh, I'd rather just miss the playoffs than make them? I just – it just bothers me. That, and sure. it's so hard hearing fans that are going, oh, yeah, let's just miss the playoffs. Like what difference is it if you're 14 or 15 mm -hmm. as far as your percentage points? And also how much of a – how much difference is it going to be as far as player caliber wise? You're getting a 14 or 15. Like that's the part right. I don't understand. Right. I mean, I agree a hundred percent with you and I, I would say the same thing. Um, I feel like though, that it's not going to change. I no. feel like we've talked about this in the past before that you could make that same argument that you just made to some fans and some media and they'll still, they'll sit there and listen to you for five minutes and understand all of the points you're making. And they'll still be like, yeah, but we, yeah, but you still want to be, we still would rather have a better chance. And it's like, it. I don't know, there's no reasoning with, with right. people when it comes to that, I feel like, a lot of times. So let me ask you this. So does, is it hurting it, though, when you're still having, you're saying seven, eight GMs that might have this mentality or trying to convince their fans that this is the way to go. Is it getting bad for basketball that when you're you're trying to convince fans to buy tickets to go to your game when eight or ten of these teams are not even worth buying tickets for? And sure. then also – Again, for the same as far as the numbers, like Orlando at number five, 8.8% chance of getting number one pick. So you're really going to lose a whole season for that 8.8% chance. Yes, you're going to have a top five pick, but sure, that's it, what I'm trying to figure out. And, you know, it brings me to another point that, it, that I've thought about a lot. And I think this season that we just experienced was the best example I've seen of this in the entire time I've followed the NBA. Orlando's a good example. Um, Phoenix, Minnesota also. There's teams that have been in the lottery so many times and are still not making progress. Right. There's teams that have drafted, and I'm and I'm not saying just in the lottery. I'm saying like picking in the top five, top eight. If you pick in the top eight, six or eight, like Orlando has for the last four or five years in a row, you would think that by now you would be making progress. They wouldn't be in the but, lottery, maybe. right? <laughs> but I think the because somewhat because the draft has been so weak in a lot of the recent years that some of these teams that have banked on or counted on the lotter the draft being the way that they're saving grace have found that it hasn't been. And I think that's one thing that a lot of teams around the NBA should probably be looking at is that, yeah, it, it sounds great to say we're going to build through the draft, but you have a lot of teams in the NBA. A lot of the teams in the NBA right now that are in the lottery um, have been there for a long time. 
and have been there for a bunch of consecutive years. And even though they've drafted high, they're not making the progress. Minnesota's a good example of they have two really good key great pieces with Towns and Wiggins, but they won 30-ish games this year. So, like, it's great and all, but um, eventually you got to start making progress and you got to start getting wins. Right. So, but let me play devil's advocate just for a second. Do you think some of these teams have that mentality because it's harder for some of these teams to attract big-time free agents, so they rather take the chance of maybe falling into a player in the top five than, you know, spending a bunch of money on someone that might not pan out for them? Is that sure. the mentality of we might not land a, a, a high-quality guy from free agency, so let's just go the draft route? I think so. I mean, and, and that's a valid that's a valid um, point to make, and, a, and it, it makes sense and it's logical. Um, but I, I just think what we're seeing, though, is that it's not working. Like, there's, there's just not – there's for every team that has built that way. Um, I mean, I guess you could say Washington is one example where two of their pieces came from the top part of the mm-hmm. lottery, top three picks. Um, for every Washington, there's like six other teams that have tried to do that and yeah. it hasn't worked. So, I mean, I don't know if I like those odds of right. saying, I mean, this is, I mean, there's a bunch of different aspects that you could discuss about this. One of them is that. Sometimes that's the only option you have, and sometimes that's the only the only way that you can go forward. So I'm not saying that in all cases it's it's wrong to do it that way. I'm just saying that based on what we've seen the last few years, you're seeing a lack of results and a lack of progress. If you're gonna just subscribe to the theory that the draft is the sole reason that you, the sole way you're gonna get out of the hole that you're in, I mean trades are also another aspect mm-hmm. that can that can do that as yep. well. But I mean another another thing that I looked at too is of from last year's teams that made the lottery. Um, there's only four teams that that made the lottery that were in the lottery last year that made the playoffs this year: the Bulls, Wizards, Bucks, and Utah. Of the four of the five worst four of the five worst teams in the East last season, or from 15 16, are back in the lottery this year. The last the six worst teams in the West from 15 16 are all in the lottery this year. The only team, um, like I said, Utah was ninth um, two years ago and made the playoffs this year. So you're seeing, um, you're not seeing a ton of of changes right. there as far as um, the the draft. And one specific thing too, if you look at from the last year's draft, there weren't a lot of guys that made a huge impact. No, that's a reason. That's one reason why when you say why were so many of the teams that miss, that were in the lottery two years ago in the lottery again. It was because this rookie class didn't make a huge impact, and so you didn't have got you didn't have saviors coming no. out of the draft last year. You didn't have guys that were going to turn things around. You might have me. a second round pick in Malcolm Brogdon win rookie of the exactly. year. Exactly. So exactly, or uh, Sharich who wasn't even. I don't think he was top ten pick. Right, he was close. I think he might have been ten yeah. ish. Okay, yeah, couple, still, going back a couple. Yeah, years. usually you think it happens in you know one through five or sure you know, it happens too that mm-hmm. you, you get a diamond in the rough and mm-hmm. things like that, but. Let's go to this now. Since we've been talking about how it's worked, how it hasn't worked, teams tanking, is there a better option? And if so, what do you think it is? <laughs> Tell me a plan. I've, I think we've talked about this in years past. But to me, the 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 one option that I always have liked, or at least I've grown to like it more and more the last couple of years, is to have a lottery wheel. That I think it was somebody in Boston's front office came up with the mm-hmm. idea of – that your picks your picks rotate and they're predetermined and they're not tied to the results at all of how you do win lo- win loss wise every every third year you pick in the top 10 every third year you pick between like 11 and 20 
every third year you pick between 21 and 30 and there's a whole there's a whole system that determines and makes it equal just equally distributed through the NBA um going out the next 30 years the thing i like about that the most is that every single conversation that you hear about um oh this is good if this team loses this game is gone mm-hmm. because there's no there's nothing corresponding there's between no incentive to lose right right there's nothing tying Whatever record you end up with at the end of the season, it has no effect on your draft pick the next year. And the reason, to me, there's so many other factors or so many different elements that make that a good thing. The simplest might be that, um, like I was saying earlier, you'll never be in a situation where people say a 20-win season is better than a 35-win season. And every single GM in the league and every coach and every um, person involved is motivated to win as many games as they possibly can every season. There's no wait till next year. There's no – I mean, of course, you're still going to have teams that are in rebuilding mode that are looking at, like, two, three, four-year plans. But in terms of it's helpful to lose, that would be completely out of, out the window with mm-hmm. that system. So. And I do like that, but let's go with the argument – I think some fans will have this – that a team that wins just won the championship as a top-five pick or whatever, sure. and you're saying the rich get richer – um, how does that come into play? Or is it just something that it is what it is? That's why it's been brought up and rejected Yeah, because it's too radical. Mm-hmm. It's, I think there's people that are worried about, there's people that are worried about that scenario that you could end up with a team, you know, the Warriors could win the championship th- this year and they could have the one pick next year, yeah. not, let alone, not even just a top five. And then at the other end, you could have a team with like Brooklyn had not to pick on them, but they had the worst record in the league this year. And based on the lottery wheel, they could pick like 29th next yep. season, which actually would be better than them not having a pick. But that's exactly. all. Like they don't. Like right. they don't have in reality. And but then, you might lose a little parity, though. As sure. far as you know. Right. I think that's that is the that's the reason why whenever it's been brought up, it's been rejected because the owners and maybe the GMs as well are worried that. But to me, what bothers me, and again, I go back to the accountability thing mm-hmm. and the. What bothers me is that you're, people are always looking for a cushion, like a safety net, and that's what the lottery is and has become. And to me, they don't want to – when, when the, someone brings up the wheel idea, they don't want to lose their safety net. And to me, when you're in a competitive business like that, it's unfortunate. I understand why people think that way, but if you think about it, I mean, it's, it's – it's it's disappointing that that's kind of the mentality that everyone always wants to make sure that they have something that they can you know count on if everything go if they have a disastrous year basically. Answer this for me, and I don't know if you can't answer it or if you have an idea or am I just being naive? But what if they went back? Why don't they go back to like the NFL does, where wherever your record is, I mean, I don't I don't see it, and maybe I just don't see it as much, but it doesn't seem like there's NFL teams. Maybe there's just more parity in the NFL. That fewer games too, I think, makes games it harder that, to, yeah, to tank or right, in that sense. Right? Is that really the main reason why that, like in the NFL, we don't have this problem? Um, and you, you basically, it's just where your record is. If you had the worst record, you get the number one pick. If you're tied with someone, it's a coin flip. But other than that, you know, why can't the with it? Would there be so much more tanking if we just went to? If you had the worst record, you get the number one pick. I think there would be because you would definitively know for sure that if you have the worst record, you have the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, if you have the the worst record, you only know that you have a 25% chance. So to me, there either would be more, there would be more incentive to lose 
games inten- not intentionally or not put your best team out on the court or whatever at the end of the season if that if it was set up the way the NFL is. But even if that didn't happen, there would be to me there would be way more of a perception that that was happening, which is I think sometimes as as much of the problem as it actually happening is that if you have media and fans, especially fans that don't believe that a team is trying to win, that's a huge problem. And that's kind of on a broader scale. That's kind of a lot of what I'm what I've talked mm-hmm. about in the last few minutes is just that you want you want to try to do everything possible to win because that's the whole point of sports. Even if you're not going to make the playoffs at the end of the season, you still want to try to win games. And unfortunately it seems like sometimes it's, it's gone the the other way in, in terms of per- perception of people. So in conclusion, there's no perfect scenario. There's no perfect way to figure this thing out. Is there? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I think the wheel idea is the best idea that anyone's come up with. Yes. But I, I do think as much as we criticize, or second guess, and I'm sure people throughout the NBA are doing this, not just us, that criticize the current lottery system. I, th- I still think it's better. The current lottery system is better than than not having a lottery because, like I said, I think if teams knew for sure, especially in a year where maybe there's somebody coming out of the draft that's head and shoulders above everybody else, you would you might see a race to have the worst record in the league, and nobody wants right. that. So, And besides, and I'll agree with you with this stance, besides the last two years where – um, the two worst teams end up getting the number one pick. For the longest time, there was a stretch that the team with the worst, the best odds of getting the number one pick didn't get it. Right. It was almost it was a span of like 11 years Sure, that the best team. So I think that's what is kind of sent the message out that your way of trying to tank doesn't necessarily guarantee you the number sure. one pick. Sure, it, re- it reinforces right. the idea that there's no guarantees, even if you end up with the worst record. Right. You have a 25% chance. Sometimes I feel like people lose sight of that as well, that – um, I think it was Tom Penn on ESPN during the draft combine was saying um, he used the analogy. If you went into a doctor and he told you you had a 25% chance to live, what would your reaction be to that? I feel like sometimes people lose sight of that, that even if you, you have the worst record in the league, you still only have a 25% chance of winning the lottery, which is right. not good. Yeah, so, so we'll uh, we'll keep it for now. Not that I have any control over that. But that <laughs> that's uh, we'll have. And they still haven't asked us. No, but maybe they might listen to this and then still not do anything. So, <laughs> But we do. Uh, exactly. The Pelicans do have a slight chance again, four point one percent chance of getting in the top three, and a one point one percent chance of getting into the number one pick. There have been some teams. I think we were looking this up a few days ago. I think it was Orlando when they got Dwight. I think they were the ninth. They had the ninth worst record, and then yeah. getting the number one pick. Mm-hmm. So the Pelicans right now sit with the tenth, tenth best odds of getting the number one pick. So no one from the double digits has gotten the number one pick. But they certainly could land in the top three. It's happened before sure. a couple times. I think Derrick Rose to the Bulls. Mm-hmm. The Bulls got him by being, I think, seventh or eighth or something like that. So it can be done. And in the old format, going back way back in the day, like early 90s, Orlando had one in 66 odds of winning the lottery and won it. I think they that was the year they got Shaq maybe or maybe yeah. the year that they ended up with Penny Hardaway. Right. So, yeah, it can happen. It can happen. So tune in Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. Central on ESPN so we'll see actually very quickly because when we get to number 10 if New Orleans's name is not called then you know they have a top three pick but if that ping pong ball goes or that card goes to um, the Pelicans we know very quickly that their pick will go to the Sacramento Kings I believe Alvin Gentry is the coach that will be there so he'll be representing the Pelicans there and uh, hopefully he wears his lucky suit tomorrow night again Tuesday 7 30 p.m. Central and uh, be sure to look out for full reaction from Jim Iconoffer on pelicans.com 
and the mobile app. Again, this is a pop-up podcast, a special edition of the NBA Draft Lottery, and we'll have one leading up to the NBA Draft and plenty more throughout the summer. Jim, as always, appreciate it. Glad we got to do one of these, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Sounds good. Thanks, Daniel. All right, thanks for listening on Pelicans.com, Pelicans mobile app, and iTunes.